Dun, dun, dun. Hello, Rasa. Hi, Dad. How are you faring? I'm doing great. Excellent. Are you ready to know everything, though? I sure am. Let's do it. Today, I want to talk to you about satisfaction. Oh, this should be satisfying. Now, normally, satisfaction means getting your needs, expectations, or wishes met. For most people, it's elusive. It's hard for them to get or stay satisfied. Because as soon as we get any one thing we want, most of us immediately switch to worrying how we might lose it or wanting something else instead. But you, Rasa, have a special talent for satisfaction. One of the most common expressions I hear from you is, this is so satisfying. You say that six, seven times every day. And I have come up with a theory why so I and anyone else can try to copy you. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, this is what I've noticed. For me and for a lot of people, we look for satisfaction in two main places. One is work, an internal feeling of accomplishment or other people telling us we've done something great. The other is play, eating ice cream, say, or watching a movie or going out for a nice meal. We want satisfaction. We seek it out. You could even say we're hungry for it. My stomach's growling. But spending so much time with that hunger means getting what we want often doesn't measure up. It's not nearly as perfect as we imagined, and it's nowhere near as long-lasting. We spend hours and hundreds of dollars on all kinds of things that only satisfy us for a few minutes before we shift to what we want next. Oh, no! You seem to do things differently, though. Instead of looking for pleasure, you let it surprise you in the midst of whatever you were already experiencing. It might be rubbing a fuzzy bookmark whose texture you turned out to like. It might be squeezing slime or thinking putty whose squishy noise turns out to delight you. It might be enjoying the determined click a particular switch makes when you flick it. It might be the gravelly noise and spiny texture of a dried leaf as you crumble it into nothingness in your hand. These are all very satisfying things. They're little pleasures, really little. They're mainly pleasant sounds or touches, but because they're free, they're unexpected, and they're everywhere, they seem to bring you joys that last throughout the day. This seems really accurate, but then again, who doesn't want to squeeze some thinking putty or crumble a leaf? Yes, that is what I am trying to copy. Not just looking forward to the spaghetti I'm going to eat for dinner, for example, but enjoying the gurgle and boil of the pasta water heating up beforehand. Not just anticipating whatever I'm writing, but also enjoying the nubbly end of the eraser of the pencil I'm writing it with. A smooth rock in my hand, the echoing horn of a passing train, or are cats when you pet them and they purr. Bliss. All the satisfaction that comes if I stop in the middle of an activity and tune into one of my senses instead of hurrying off to get to some end point I think I want instead. 
I don't need to expect anything to be satisfied is what I've learned from you. I'm swimming in things that are satisfying already. That's the trick. Thank you so much for your example. The pleasure's mine, and I'm glad I inspired you. I never expected you to teach me something I've taught you, but getting credit when you don't expect to is surprisingly satisfying, too. Are you ready for today's poem? Yes, I am. It's called Ode to the Flute by Ross Gay. A man sings by opening his mouth. A man sings by opening his lungs, by turning himself into air. A flute can be made of a man. Nothing is explained. A flute lays on its side and prays a wind might enter it and make of it at least a small final song. Wow. That's a strange but beautiful poem. May I read it? Please. Ode to the Flute by Ross Gay. A man sings by opening his mouth. A man sings by opening his lungs, by turning himself into air. A flute can be made of a man. Nothing is explained. A flute lays on its side and prays a wind might enter it and make of it at least a small, final song. Mm. Now, I know you've got music class sometimes. What are the instruments you've learned to play so far in school? Well, last year we sort of learned how to play the recorder. We learned to play it, except then the pandemic hit and we stopped. And just before we were going to have a recorder concert, too. So, the flutes, the recorders are lying on their side. They're praying a wind might enter it. Where is that wind coming from in this poem? It's not just a windy day, is it? No. The wind is coming from somebody's mouth. They're blowing into it. Yes. A man sings by opening his lungs, by turning himself into air. He's singing, in that case, using the... Flute. Yeah. It's kind of a way to turn yourself into a drum by flinging your arms around or mm -hmm. turn yourself into a piano by moving your fingers up and down. It can't work without you, and you can't make that transformation, of course, without it either. You have to work together. Yeah. In the middle, it says nothing is explained. That's right before the line, a flute can be made of a man, which we just talked about. And a flute lays on its side and prays a wind might enter it, which we started with. What does that mysterious middle mean? Nothing is explained. Maybe it means when you're playing, nothing is explained. The music is just there. Music is a way of communicating without words. It explains itself or doesn't explain anything. It just is something you experience, not have to explain or understand in the same way. Exactly. What about the poem itself? We can explain it, but sometimes it's good to just sit back and experience it too. Do you think it's been sitting here, waiting, praying for us to come and read it so it can exist too? 
I don't know, but I'm sure glad we did. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? Indeed, I do. It's one from Sage in Hopkinton, Massachusetts. Her vexing question is: If you are on the side of the world, why does it feel like you're on the top? Ooh, I like that question. I remember thinking that myself. You draw the planet, you put yourself on it, and you're liable to put yourself on top. But we know it's always turning. Why does it always feel like we're on the top? Like we're standing straight up? Even if, by that perspective, we're on the side. Exactly. Yeah. Sage, I love it. Rasa, I'll research it and get back to you soon. Sounds good. I'm back, and I've got the answer to Sage's vexing question. To begin, simply put, since the Earth is a curved sphere, a ball. There's no side and no top, only different positions relative to one another. Picture an ant on top of a basketball rolling away from you, for example. Any point on top one second becomes the side the next, and then the bottom before turning up again to seem like it's on the other side, and then the top all over again. You could say we live on one big spinning basketball. It just doesn't feel that way for reasons I'll explain next. First, gravity. We're stuck to Earth since it's massively heavy compared to our individual bodies. We can only jump a few feet in the air, hardly enough to get above the clouds and outer atmosphere, and peek down from space to see the Earth spinning. Second, the spinning happens pretty slowly, once every day or 24 hours. Turn around that slowly, and you barely notice it. Third, and probably most important, Earth is big. Almost 25,000 miles in circumference, all the way around. Wow. And we can't see very far across it at any one time from the ground, a tall building, the highest mountains, or even an airplane. At human scale, everything in front of us still seems really flat, just like that basketball would seem flat to the ant on top of it, especially if, like Earth, the basketball was stuck in outer space. The downside is that we're fooled into feeling like we're on top of something flat. But the upside is that, unlike in space, there's air here so we can breathe. You must know everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Learn more and submit your own vexing questions at our website, youmustknoweverything.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Android, Spotify, or however you like to listen, and hear dozens of previous episodes for free. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know. <laughs>